do. I think it's misguided. I think it the whole like like what is okay. So now you're br- you're radically and brutally honest, but you're alone and miserable, and nobody likes you. I mean, how does that help? You? <laughs> but you're a dick. Yeah, like, this, that's, just... this is not getting you anywhere. This brutal honesty of yours this strategy. <sighs> Welcome to Think Act Get with James Shremko and Ezra Firestone. What you think determines how you act, which results in what you get. So join in now as we discuss how you can think differently, act faster, and get high performance results in your business. Hey there, listener. Welcome back to another episode of Think, Act, Get. Ezra Firestone here with my partner, as always, James Shramko. James, how you doing, man? I'm doing really well. How are you doing? You know, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. It's, uh, I'm coming up on winter here. It's the time of year where we kind of just hang low and sit around the fire and stay inside and eat stew. So um, things are starting to slow down, uh, like sort of with the seasons, right? All the leaves have fallen off the trees outside my windows. It's super beautiful. Um, And things are extremely intense uh, in two ways in my life right now. One is that, you know, the holiday season is is upon us. And for e-commerce businesses, that is just absolute and utter um, intensity because of everything that needs to be prepared going into the holiday season. And as you probably well know, the United States is in a interesting political climate right now where uh, there's a lot of divisiveness happening, and that is uh, intense to uh, confront. It must be hard for some people if if they um, didn't get what they were hoping for. Yeah, I think about half the country, you know, <laughs> didn't get what they wanted. Yeah, so roughly half. They'll yeah. get over it. So uh, that's you know, <laughs> it has been on the news. Yeah. So we've been keeping up to date with it. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been wild. It's been like nothing I've ever seen before and obviously my my uh, experience is limited considering I'm significantly uh younger than some people who who've been around a lot longer, but um it's I think the interesting thing for us outside is the 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 youth of your country. The students, in particular, uh, seem to be now reacting the way that you would expect for someone who's been handed participation awards throughout their entire life for just turning up. Yeah, there's a whole book I read recently on this um, kind of how that came down the the switching of the. Uh, of particularly my generation and the generation following mine to kind of not have clear winners and lose the whole thing. I don't actually have the enough information on it to give a spiel on it, but it was very interesting. Um, you know, right. And so you just had a, a decisive win, a clear win, and they wouldn't know how to react to that, I suppose. Fascinating, man. And well, let's get into this episode, which is, uh, yeah. cause I don't want to take this too political before we piss people off. Well, it's kind of uh, related, isn't it? It is. It is. This episode is on truth. And uh, truth is that which is true or in accordance with fact or reality. Truth, what is it? How are you using it? And how is it affecting your business and your life? That's what we're looking at in this episode of Think I Get. Perfect. You know, when I came up with this episode idea, I was thinking more along the lines of hard truths because I was in a situation in my life where I had to tell someone a hard truth that I saw about them and their situation and uh, it was really difficult. And, you know, I found that situation to be one of those kind of where you sort of like the fear of of telling that truth was actually worse than actually doing it. You know, like looking at that hard truth that you have to tell in my mind seemed kind of horrible. And I saw all the ways it could go wrong. And it was like super easy to weave this picture of all the way so that things could get worse because I have to say something that's uncomfortable. But there's a reason that the saying, the truth shall set you free, is around. And that's because when there's something difficult to do or say, 
generally, the only way out of that discomfort that you feel is going to be through, right? You just have to say it, and that was the, the case in this situation. Yeah, I think uh, from, from a business context, when I'm talking to business owners about their situation in business, a lot of them are paying me or investing in themselves is a better way that, that I prefer to look at it, to diagnostically go through with them where they're at and to uh, reveal mm. some certain truths to them. And sometimes what I reveal with them through certain processes is different than what they came into the process thinking about a situation. So a lot of my role is actually um, through using tools like diagnostic questions, benchmarking, comparisons, reflection, alignment to, to what result they actually want versus where they're at, like gap analysis, they call that, and then reality checking. So actually, quite often we'll reference people back to things they told me. Mm. A classic case is we might get a few months down the track, someone's asking me a question and I'll refer them back to something that they told me months prior and they'll now have moved position and they'll reflect differently. So in that context, sometimes it challenges comfort because comfort really is the enemy of growth and most people are hiring me to help them grow. Yeah, well, you've come under fire. You've come under fire for being uh, for being too harsh with people sometimes, you know, telling truth. Uh, you've come under fire for that in the past, you know, like that guy tells it how it is. <laughs> well, I guess some a lot of people aren't used to people being straight with them. And culturally, I think, firstly, Australians are probably a little more direct sure. than well, some cultures. You think than Americans? Well, yeah, there's some sort of soft cuddliness around the American way where they don't really say it. It's like they might smile and say, hi, how you going and all that. And then, but they don't really mean it. Uh, whereas in Australia, they just, they just mean it. <laughs> it's like there's less two-facedness, if you like. Uh, we're not, we're not as worried about upsetting somebody because like we just call it how it is. That's how we would, would say that. And I've come from a business environment that was very, very harsh and direct the motor industry is a hundred-year-old beast. It is it is a extremely strong and competitive environment. You've got super companies like Mercedes-Benz and Toyota, and the big American companies are all on, in that mosh pit. And so you get some pretty tough times there. And you know they, those manufacturers they go into the dealerships with their accountants and spreadsheets, and they they beat up the dealers and. Uh, remind them how they're they're not com performing compared to their competitors, and how their market share is slipping, and how their you know their uh, loyalty rates are low, or their customer satisfaction scores aren't acceptable, and they actually hold back commission from dealers unless they reach certain performance achievements. So I came from a really accountable environment. A cold, hard world. And there's not much more accountable than turning up each week as a salesperson. Uh, and having your sales on the whiteboard with all the other salespeople. And if you don't make any sales, you don't make any money. And if you don't make enough sales, you don't get to keep your job. Like that was a, that was a recurring monthly thing for the, at least, you know, 10 years in, of my life where I was performance based. And some people are coming out of roles that are not performance based. For example, they might be a teacher or they might be, you know, a salaried clerk of some kind or a hospitality person where there's really it's not been like you're gambling with your job that's that's an interesting uh interesting sort of frame performance-based versus non-performance-based business 
Right, and they be, they build so much uh, comfort around not having to perform. And, and one of my mentors, he wasn't the billionaire Warren Buffett, <laughs> by the way. It was good habits are bred in hard times and bad habits are bred in good times. And what that really meant mm. was that people get complacent and all comfy and cushy. So, you know, along comes me and I, I'm like I'm like weeding the garden here. I'm like digging stuff up saying, well, hey, what about this? And, and like I'm revealing things that people mightn't want to face. So, it can be a difficult process for them. It's not difficult for me though because I know that it's, it's like tearing down muscles in the gym. They grow back strong and, and I know they're going to be so much better off for facing it. Yeah, and I think one of the things that you do well in this context is uh, keep your tone calm and even and your emotional state sort of flat because, you know, I think if it, like, let's say we are now switching from the realm of business to the realm of like a personal conversation, like what you want to communicate when you're communicating a hard truth is your message and not the emotional charge that you have around that message. So it's kind of like you're doing everybody in the situation a favor if you take enough time to think about how you're going to say what you're going to say and kind of handle the emotionality, the emotional charge that you have on, on the subject when you go into the communication. And I think when you are uh, – and you've done this with me several times. When you're telling me something, look, man, you got, you know, you're telling me, hey, check this thing out that I see that you're not seeing. You're not sort of um, blasting me with disapproval or anger or you know, you're like thinking I'm stupid because I haven't seen this, right? Like you've got a – uh, a way of checking all of that sort of emotional stuff that's related to what you're seeing at the door, which I think is important. It's a lot to do with the words. You're right. There's a whole thing called the Gestalt Protocol I was reading about since my friend Jake Hauer put me onto that. And they, they do that in the EO network. Jake Hauer, who's active on Instagram. I see that guy on, on a daily basis <laughs> posting quotes and stuff. Right. Well, uh, there's there's definitely violent and nonviolent language, which is fascinating. Mm. So I used to have this bad boss we'll call him and he used to use really toxic language he'd like he'd be saying he's like so you didn't think to do this uh, so it's like really like this aggressive language it's like you'd have to defend yourself all the time yeah i thought to do that yeah. or like like he would actually uh, go out and buy a hundred cars from the manufacturer dump a stock list on our desk and then the next day he'd come and say why have we got all these cars still like, what's your plan with these? <laughs> I'm like, well, my plan is we're going to sell them because we're a car dealership. That's what we do. And he's like, why are they still here? I'm like, well, we haven't even got the cars yet. So he was always aggressive and he used a lot of words like, you must, you you have to. Yeah. And it, it took away the, the power of choice from you. Like, there's, there's no choice in that situation. Right. You must do this. You have to do that. It's like, well, what, what do you need me for as a unique human being? You could just hire a robot to do these things. For sure. And my viewpoint on people like that is that, like, that behavior is coming from a place of weakness. Because if you're feeling powerful, then you can afford to be gentle, to be kind, to hold people accountable, to like communicate in a way that feels good. And if you're feeling weak, that's when you need to publicly shame people. That's when you need to assert your power and dominance over people. And I was talking to someone about this recently, actually an employee of mine, uh, about you know a, a superstar employee. I think just probably the best person we have. I mean, just an absolute superstar. And the place they came from was 
a very sort of volatile environment with a lot of public shaming and a lot of blaming and a lot of accusing and all this kind of stuff. Um, and they were just like really happy to be in the environment that we have, which is, you know, obviously we get things done, but there's freedom, there's autonomy, there's, uh, there's choice, you know, there, there's people can be vocal about what they're, you know, like people are being heard. We are listening to the people who are on the ground floor about what their experience is of dealing with our customers or what they see in relationship to whatever sort of part of the business that they're in. Like we're really interested in their insight and they found that to be a really different environment from the one they came. Well, one of the big shifts for me was to recognize the difference between when I have, when I'm on the job, when I'm, when I'm being a leader or when I'm being a coach is I'll use different language than when I'm just being a normal person. So I, I don't go around society coaching people involuntarily uh you know without them asking i'm not i no longer tell people at at a at a lunch or whatever how they could you know improve their life or whatever they have to ask for it so i'm really careful now to right right qualified audiences i want to find out what their truth is what is what is the result they would like what would what are they what are they hoping to achieve and whatever that is and it's always been consistent with my approach to selling i don't sell until I find out what the current situation is and what the desired situation is. And then it's easy to create the environment where that transition can happen effectively. So everyone has their own version of what they're trying to do. So that's why I think a word like truth is fascinating. It's super subjective in some cases. And then there's, there's other cases where it's objective. You know, like an election result is a hard truth. But a uh, a notion of having a good life is very very uh, flexible because we're so unique. Yeah, and there's a level of, or at least one philosopher's viewpoint is that agreement creates reality. Like if everyone is in agreement about, uh, you know, the Earth being flat, then as far as everyone is concerned and everyone knows the Earth is flat. But then when everyone changes their mind and agrees that the Earth is round, then it's round. Like there's a whole conversation about agreement creating reality. But one of the things that you said that I thought was interesting was making sure that your message is not falling on deaf ears. So what you do is you make people pay you before they can listen to your, you know, you talk, tell them any kind of truth. And I think that that that's kind of smart. And when you take this, it's a great qualifier because it gives context. Yeah. You got to qualify, right? Like you can't just, if you see something about someone, some truth that you want to tell them, if they don't want to hear it, it's going to do you no good to tell them. Yeah. And sometimes you can even ask someone if they would be interested in, in something, I mean, sometimes I do spot, well, all the time I spot things. Uh, I saw on a, on a Gary Vaynerchuk sales page for their super high-end agency package, there was a grammatical error that was quite funny because it was sort of in the section where it talks about how they got this pro team, they're going to look after you and check everything and it was almost ironic. You know, but if I was having coffee with Gary, uh, I might ask him if he was, if he, you know, if he'd be interested in becoming aware of something if i if i knew of it and he could say no i'm not interested or go ahead yeah yeah get permission before you um start blasting people <laughs> yeah but as, as you said like super clear when when the qualifier is someone has sought you out so that you can in fact one ryan levesque actually uses the word truth teller that's what that's how he describes me and that's the function he wants me to be when I'm doing stuff with him because a lot of people around him, he's not used to that level of upfrontness in right. his other 
resources. So I can del- I can deliver something. For sure. Well, he's the guy, right? He's the head honcho or whatever in his organization. So who's going to actually tell him the truth? So it's part of the reason why I hired you know, the kids I grew up with because I know these kids or these, these, these people – will be straight with me. They're not going to be, you know, um, they're not going to get caught up in the Ezra show. They're going to, they, they're going to just shoot me straight. And I think it's so important. Gosh, you know, that's one of the, that's one of the things that's really important is it's not just external truths. It's about your relationship with yourself. Mm. You know, you just said the Ezra show. It's really, really common for people who I've been exposed to, they go through levels of, you know, newfound celebrity and fame and fortune and they change a little bit as they go through that because it's all new. It's like the airplane taking off and you're either... And everyone's telling them how great they are, you know? Right. You're either like you start off as a crop duster, you're just above the surface, then you you become like a light plane, then you become like a jet, then you become a private jet, then you become the space shuttle, then you become a rocket ship. And like now you don't, now you don't even have uh, gravity and, and, you know, the whole, whole. Now you can easily blow up on takeoff, you know. Well, like you, you can flick a, a pencil at one end of the ship, it'll go all the way to the other. You've got superpowers now. Yeah. However, um, when you come back down to Earth, and it's a great uh, metaphor, <laughs> the gravity can really suck. So <laughs> you, you've got to keep a check on the relationship with yourself. Like what is your own truth? Who are you? Who, who do you, you know, what's the best version of yourself and how are you keeping yourself in check? Because if you get out of alignment with that, it starts to distort everything around you. And if you've, you know, some people, some people have the, I, I can't imagine what it'd be like right now for Donald Trump, for example, if he's, he's about to be the president of the United States. So he's gone from a big fish in a, a, a pretty big town to the biggest fish in the biggest country. So wild. Must be a wild experience. You know, he's going to have an adjustment, and that that will be really interesting as the whole world looks on. But he will he will imagine his aides or support. Like, where do you draw the line with him? Like, right, right. he's Donald Trump, the president of the United States. How do you tell that guy the truth? Right. You know, do you tell him his his wigs out of alignment, <laughs> or do you, or do you just let it ride? You know, yeah. <laughs> where's the truth in that? Is is he? Yeah, and I think it's I think it's your responsibility as a person to surround yourself with people who will shoot you straight, who you can count on to tell you the actual truth. It's one of the beautiful things about for me about having Carrie around is like there's no uh, you know I can't slip anything past her if I tried. I mean I'm not even trying to, but like it's you know she keep, she's gonna keep me in check, which I think is a beautiful thing, you know. Yeah, I think so, and it, it um. It sort of bumps up against one of your other philosophies that we're perfect the way we are. Yeah. So that's why maybe uh, you know someone might have a truth revealed to them according to someone else's filter, but they still it still might not um, matter to them. Yeah. Well, just to add on to that philosophy, one of the other viewpoints that I have is that perfection includes the potential for nice. change, right? <laughs> because. <laughs> You don't want a world that never changes. You don't want you don't want things to not be able to get better, right? Like the idea that like you have no more growth to do is in any area of life. Like, dude, you were just telling me, man, I'm really dialing in my coaching. And I'm like, okay, well, you're already the best coach in the world. So what do you mean? And you're like, I'm starting to see it on a new level. Like there's always more. You're always a student. There's always more insight available. There's if you if you're looking for it, you know? And a lot of that has to do with creative expression. When you go past the the by the way thank you 
You're, I mean, you're next level, dude. But, Come on. But the the whole the whole thing for me, like it transcends a job like function, and I I want to I want to explore what is possible. You know, and every every year you think oh, I'm quite productive now. I've got found really good ways of doing things and then you take it up a notch and then it's like wow this is exciting it's actually exciting really exciting because you have the ability to impact others and a lot of that is you know developing tools to hold up a mirror for people to say hey you know because because people are confused about where they're at a lot of the time and as things change around them and they change there's so much change happening i think actually that's that's core thing and it's probably we've covered it in a previous episode well it's a core truth right a core truth is that things are changing so the truth's probably constantly needing review it for sure it is and i think that one of the things that i've found recently i've been doing these so we just kind of like laid out our organizational structure you know we've got like uh the advertising team that's led up by our chief marketing officer and we've got our content team that's led up by led by our you know Core, you know, our copywriter, and there's someone else on that team, and then we've got like our platforms team, and our, and we've got these individual teams, you know, in, in the company, uh, our project management team, etc. And I've been spending, you know, a day or two in person with the lead of each of those teams, really investigating that particular part of our business, and looking at everything, and consuming information, and seeing what's going on. And there's a kind of inspiration. That comes from sort of going deep into a into any subject matter that you can't get, you know, virtually or that you can't get like if you're just talking to someone on Skype or that you can't get if you don't actually just just go deep into the into the truth of whatever's happening in that particular area. And what I'm finding is that like the inspiration that comes from the sort of depth of attention that you put on one particular area is invaluable. I mean, it's unbelievable uh, inspiration and in, in innovation is available from just looking at what's going on deeply. Yeah. So it's, it's basically, you need a little bit of courage to, to start digging in and it's kind of related to, you know, getting feedback on like if someone quits a subscription or they stop buying your products and you ask them why, you gotta, you gotta, you know, get ready for the truth. Get it, get a dose. Yeah. And it could be like, uh, the those, what is it? The vaccinations. You, you might, get, you get a little dose that's that you might react to. That's not unreal, but it could stop you from having a worse, you know, overall reaction for the rest of the business. Yeah, you get a medicinal dose. Uh, it's 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 medicine. <laughs> you know, it's interesting that you said subscription because obviously we sell software as a service now, and we've got you know. Uh, like 700 monthly subscribers and every month a bunch of them leave and every month that hurts my feelings you know and I reach out to them like, why yeah. are you guys leaving what do we do wrong and like it's hard to read that it really is like hard to read the reasons they're not happy with the offering that we have and then we can go out and we fix that stuff you know or see if we can make it you know more relevant or whatever you know um, but but it, and that, that's the thing like it's tempting to think sometimes that that's your fault or that it's not your fault. Yeah, or that it's a reflection, a personal reflection, right? Uh, so I saw I saw an email today. He was saying that uh, he ran an ad and it and it didn't get any response, and he thought it was a brilliant ad. And then he discovered that the the phone number wasn't right, and he's like, "Gosh, I spent all this time worrying about it, and it wasn't even my fault." Like it absolutely was your fault. You didn't check your ad, you nong. Hopefully, you're not listening. To this. <laughs> he's he's putting the blame somewhere else. It's like it's the phone company's problem, 
Not really. Maybe they contributed to it. However, lacking their responsibility to do something simple like check the ad or have a process where someone else is checking it, it still comes back to taking responsibility for that. So some people, um, as they're assessing the truth, they might be be sort of filtering out, you know, not my problem, my problem, not my problem, my problem. And in and the flip side, some people might overly worry about things that actually aren't their problem, that they had no chance of changing the outcome whatsoever and, you know, they're beating themselves up for no reason. I've, I've got this one interesting student who keeps beating himself up, <laughs> like I'm not. I say, hey, how, how about uh, I tried this once, would you like like to give that a shot? And then he'll say, oh, stupid me, I'm a bloody idiot, I should have thought of that. And I'm like, well, no, actually, not stupid you, you're not a bloody idiot. You know, you've now got new information, so you've got an opportunity to try something new. But you don't, you actually haven't done anything wrong, <laughs> so no need to get all upset with yourself. And then I, I dig deeper and I find out there's a whole history of of um, this cycle of, of talking to himself and... It's hard for someone to grow until they shed that. So my my questioning then moved to, you know, what's causing you to feel, uh, you know, to communicate this way with yourself? And we had a great discussion about that and that's how we were able to get to the next few layers of the onion. And now I think we've made a meaningful impact where we're having a different communication with ourselves, and And we're mm. actually... We're, we're letting go of some things to be able to have something else. And I like to call that um, swinging from one vine to another. You've, you Sometimes you've got to let go of the vine. So maybe you have to let go of a truth we thought about ourselves and and just, just let it go and swing through the air and grab a new one. And that can be frightening and exciting, but also can get you further down the jungle. Yeah, and it, you know that reminds me of, of something that you faced, right? I had a friend of mine who was in the same business that you were in, which uh, one of your previous businesses selling SEO services, and they were selling link building. And obviously link building went out of style. It stopped working. And they were faced with this, you know, faced with this sort of um, time where they had to decide, are they going to continue to sell links to people who would still buy them, even though they knew themselves that it was pardon my language, you know, it was, it was like, it wasn't working anymore. And for a while they decided to continue to sell those links, even though it was obviously, you know, out of integrity and they saw other areas of their life suffer while they did that. And then they came to the realization at a later date to, you know, they ought to modify and switch their business model. But you actually were able to see that truth coming, pivot your, you know, to use the parlance of our times, pivot your, your business model and still sell SEO, which I think is interesting. And I'm curious about kind of how that came down. Well, it basically came down because of research and development. And we had internal value metrics, which was one of the things that we tracked was percentage of effectiveness. So of all the people who ordered, we tracked percentage of effectiveness. And we're in the we're in the high nineties region, which is something that we were really proud of. And that is because we did a few things. Firstly, we stopped people ordering who shouldn't be ordering by having a, a an upfront paid check where people would pay us it was twenty dollars. Initially, it was free, and then it was twenty dollars. It made absolutely no difference to how many people actually went on from that report to order except it gave us an opportunity to tell people they should not order. So if someone had a bad site or bad links or a new site or whatever, we were able to tell them, hey, don't order the big package. You don't need that. Or, hey, I don't think we can help you at all. So we stopped the wrong customers buying from us. That was a big 
factor. We also had a research and development team constantly running tests and looking at every other site in our market and looking across our own 1,800 websites for patterns and trends. And we had access to other paid reports and tools. And we would always, our goal was to always be ahead of the game, just like a car manufacturer. You know, the car sitting in your driveway now, it, it was sitting in the factory six or seven years ago in their R&D center. They, they were designing that years ago. They were mm. developing the, the parts years ago. Interesting. In their factory now is the car that you'll be driving in four or five or six years from now. And you're, not, you're never seeing that. So by looking at the truth of what was actually happening, by, by paying attention to what was going on, you were able to see market shifts coming. All the t we saw the blog networks smackdown well before it went, you know, before the blog network smackdown happened. It's like having earthquake prediction software, you know, but the, when the needle starts jumping before the earthquake, it's time to evacuate. So uh, if you want to put it down to one word, it was innovation. Mm. And, and if you want to tie it into the episode about truth, it's about being real about what actually drives the business and, and, I already made a commitment. If our if our percentage of effectiveness ever dropped below an acceptable percentage level, then we couldn't, in good faith, sell the service. It, it, it's not possible. I, my reputation means far too much to me, and I have a history of not of, of stopping promotions of profitable products. And and my customers know that. Yeah, we we recently uh, we recently had to do this actually in our own business. We had a uh, uh, piece of software that allowed Amazon business owners to give away their product at a discount or sell their product at a discount in exchange for a review. And Amazon changed their system, saying it's just. I mean, I, the parallels between what's happening on Amazon right now with people trying to manipulate their rankings within Amazon's search engine and what happened on Google is un. Canny. It's like history repeating itself all over. I mean, I lived through. Well, it's just it's it's human behavior is to manipulate, so you stop promoting it. Yeah, but just the whole way of Amazon. Yeah, so of course. So, anyways, we should we had like you know a couple hundred paying members of this software. It's very uh, profitable software for us. It's great software. But we saw the writing on the wall, and we said, you know what, we're shutting this thing down. We're either refunding you. Or you can have a credit or, you know, we gave them like a bunch of different options and people wanted to keep using it. And we were like, nope, sorry. Like we see this is coming. This is not good. Like you shouldn't really be doing this, you know, this way anymore. It's a sort of now a gray. It was a gray area and Amazon was cool with it. And now they've changed it. And now it is legit black hat. Yeah. And so we're out of the game. And uh, it was a good decision for us to make, even though we lost money. I did that. I, uh, you know, I stopped selling software that was Windows computer only, build your own. I, I changed then to, you know, we'll build WordPress sites for you. So uh, two shifts. One, different platform. Two, don't learn how to build a website anymore. It's just not worth it because they've become commoditized. And and it's, that, was, that was just turning off a revenue stream. I've done it with affiliate products. I've, I've changed my shopping cart recently and yeah and I, and I think that basically oh really i'd be curious to know what you moved to but uh before we get there because i know you were on nanocast for a while for like eight or nine years yeah yeah you're on there forever but before we get there i think that this what we're talking about now is a form of scarcity right like the only reason you'd keep selling link building or the only reason you'd keep selling something that you know knew was bunk was because you didn't have confidence in your own ability to recreate whatever that revenue stream was doing something that had integrity you know and i think that that operating from scarcity 
is always a, a, a losing move. You know, it's, it's good if you have complete confidence that no matter what the situation or whatever change presents, that you will be very resourceful and manage through it. it you know, exactly what you're saying about people gaming the system. It's a human trait as survivors to re-engineer around changing situations. You know, if you if you come home tomorrow and your house disappeared into a sinkhole, and I hope it doesn't, then you'd probably go and live somewhere else. You know, it's like we we adapt. Yeah. So people are adapting to, you know, the constraints in the business. And some people's value systems are different to others. That's why, uh, for me, we mandated within our business that we must be able to generate good search engine results, not relying on blogs and not relying just on backlinks. Some people mistakenly believe that SEO equals backlinks. Yeah. And that's absolutely not the case. Yeah. Well, I mean, Jesus, not today for sure, you know. <laughs> well, but, you know, backlink is a component and still very important. However, there's lots of other things, both on-site, site speed, usability, all these other elements other than than building links that can help someone rank well. How about how, how about content people actually want to consume? Let's <laughs> start there, you know. Right. Yeah. So, you know, making a good giving you Google exactly what they want has always been uh, what we've tried to yeah. do. And that that was, you know, we heard on that side. And also we removed all automation. Everything was done by hand by the end. Oh, yeah, I remember that. I remember you guys. And when I say by the end, I should point out the company, not only is it alive and well today, but it's it's actually at record levels of customers and it is doing incredibly well under its new owner. So that company has been like going for eight years. And in that time, virtually all of our competitors fell over. And I was able to build a, a great asset, sell it, and it's still surviving and actually performing splendidly by, by you know, continuing to have a research and development team, continually innovating and having a, a values-based culture where it's just not acceptable to sell something that doesn't work. That's cool that that company's still rocking. Anything you want to say on truth uh, finishing up before we get into our wager? Look, my favorite thing with with truth, and it sounds simple, is a mirror. I really think if if you just look into a mirror, have a, have a good look at the person staring back at you, and and if you just contemplate that for a minute, that that person that that you is infinitely powerful, infinitely resourceful, infinitely changeable. If you if you look in the mirror and you're not happy with what you see, mm. then you are in a position where you can make... Well, then you're hosed your whole life. If you disapprove of yourself, if you find yourself yeah. wrong, if you think you're... Fu you're yeah, I mean, it's going to be hard to get anything done. Then it's... then, But, but you can make the change. Yeah. And you, it, it can happen in an instant. And a lot of it has to do with asking the right questions. Yeah. You know, what, what, what would you like to replace as, you know, switch one thing for another... And I do, I do see people transform and change as people. I think I've transformed and changed, and I think that yeah, I mean, there's yeah, the, we're always changing. I mean, there's so much potential to have it the way that you want it. And the last thing that I'll say on truth is, I was having a conversation recently with someone who was saying that nobody liked them because they were just brutally honest. And my response was like, "You're not brutally honest. You're just an asshole." You know, it's like if you see truth that you feel like people aren't willing to hear, 
you can say it in a way that they can hear. You, you don't have to be a jerk when you're, when you're, you know, sharing this brutal honesty that you've got, you know, like it's not about the honesty. It's about the way that it's being delivered, you know? Um, so yeah. And, and for the record, that wasn't me, right? No, 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 it wasn't you. No. Cause I don't, I don't like the word brutal. No. Uh, or even radical honesty. I think that's slightly too much. <laughs> no, I think it's misguided. I think it the whole, like, like what is okay? So now you're you're radically and brutally honest, but you're alone and miserable, and nobody likes you. I mean, how does that help you? <laughs> but you're a dick. It's <laughs> not getting you anywhere. <laughs> brutal honesty of yours strategy. Uh, weekly willpower wager. Let's roll, Carol. Weekly willpower wager. Thank you, Carol. Thank you, Carol. So what we'd like you to do is pick one hard truth that you've been hesitating to tell someone on your team or in your personal life, and just come out with it. Just take an hour, sit down. Confront that hard truth and come on out with it. And it could be something that you got to face yourself. You know, maybe you need to go to the dentist. I don't know. But uh, there is some hard truth that you are non-confronting in your life that we want you to take the time to look at. Yeah. And and by the way, if it's that someone could be you. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Ideally, that's even the, that's the one that will get you in the least trouble. Yeah, even, even better. <laughs> Uh, right, you know, check do your sock smell or or uh, are you putting off something and do you have a recurring a reminder that pops up every single day oh, man. and you look at it and still don't do it? Yeah, speaking uh, of which, in my Slack bot, I've got this, uh, I've been supposed to uh, check the Steve channel for like three days. I'm going to actually click the one hour button so it reminds me a little later. Right, so the, the, you know, the process with that is like what is it that's causing you to not do that? What's what is What's the actual truth for, uh, for me for example it putting off writing my book for a couple of years was because i didn't feel ready to do it and and the, even putting it on my task list is just going to cause me pain and i went through a similar process with my dad he was renovating a car but he kind of kept putting it off and in the end i just had a conversation i'm like is there a chance it might never get done and once we sort of got to that i said why don't we release it back into the world and let someone else renovate it? So at least the car will get renovated and you'll get your money back and you can free yourself from this sort of overwhelm of... So once we faced that together and he and he sold it straight away, wow, uh, which was great, and he felt instantly free. It's like, wow, this monkey's off my back. And the whole, the whole ridiculous thing is... Uh, you know, he he made such good progress up to a point, and then just stopped. And that's when we have to question it. We seriously question it, and and we all do this, and I I do this as well. So that's that's a great willpower wager. Love it. News and updates. We got super fast business. March sixteenth and seventeenth of twenty seventeen. I will not be there, unfortunately. Uh, this will be the first one I've missed in a year. I think I was there both last two years in a row. I'm not sure. but You usually do every second year. Yeah, that's what I do. I usually do every second year. You came this year. Yes. Which yes. was great. Oh, Always so fun. good. Man, what a great event. And uh, have you opened up ticket sales or no? Oh, yeah. We're we're mostly full. <laughs> so Jesus. we'll reach capacity. Got now, at time of recording, this four months to go. We'll, we'll easily get to our quota for the room. It's got a strict limit, as you know, with the, with, uh, the size of the venues in resort locations yeah well with you with you you know well your unwavering uh, your unwillingness to not be right on the beach <laughs> you run an event you're like sorry guys i gotta go surf yeah so it's uh it's gonna be a great event we've got fantastic guests for that it's uh, what's the sales page for that 
uh, superfastbusiness.com forward slash live. So go and grab a ticket. They are the cheapest right now if you still listen to this uh, in real time. If if you're not listening to this in real time, if you listen to this in years down the track, we probably will have recorded it and you might be able to see what's going on in superfastbusiness.com, the membership. We also, we've booked Maldives, Maldives, uh, depending on your preference, for the 10th and 17th of September, 2017. That, uh, and, and there's a second week there as well, the 17th to 24th. You can pick one of the weeks or, or come to both. And that one is uh, an amazing trip. You don't have to be a... a well, you this, had a, a real positive experience with that last year or this this couple months ago, right? Just... just like personal breakthroughs, people learning how to breathe properly and learn mindset. Um, do some. Most people did scuba diving. There's amazing snorkeling. The, the The climate's great. If you surf, well, it's like heaven. And the the boat and the crew and the food and the the business. What kind of food are you getting on there? Are you getting shrimp or what's the story on that? Oh, the food is just incredible. They they hand prepare it. They catch fish out of the ocean. Wow. They wow. do the local cuisine. They they they're French people who run the boat and they they eat really healthy like stuff you'd eat and mm. uh they you're selling me you're selling me we eat like four times a day it's you don't have to think about anything like you get you walk on with you don't even have shoes you walk on the boat you walk off a week later feeling alive invigorated refreshed wow. well fed you, you wow. talk about business each each day before dinner have a little exercise and some fill out your notebook you come away you know guys like keith krantz went on that had an incredible time shared some some top level facebook stuff i know you're into that ezra but each person brings some quality even if they don't recognize it themselves and and we had a fantastic group uh, and i expect the same well how about you you're gonna be back to back man you're gonna have crew one and crew two it's gonna be yeah because i i didn't want to get off the boat after a week so i thought i'll just book it for two weeks wow uh, and I was surfing like Kelly Slater by the end so, of it. I was so was crazy. Not not quite, but I was really getting into the groove. Yeah. Well, you've gotten really good really quickly. Um, it's 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 incredible actually the progress you've made in just a, a few years. Well, on my what's going on for me is I've got a uh, Facebook video ads training course that we just finished module two of. It's actually live for my subscribers and. Uh, we will be, you know, probably telling uh, Think Act get subscribers about it at some point, and I'm really excited about it because we've sort of been able to take all of the, all everything we've learned about how to train folks and, to follow what we do on advertising, and we've really boiled it down and made it really easy and simple uh, in a way that none of our trainings ever were. I mean, the feedback that we would always get, and you gave this to me day one, is it's too much information. We gave too much information, and uh, we figured out a way to sort of have you know three to five minute videos, have it be really concise, have every module have certain action items. I'm just really excited about where we've gotten with our digital trainings and what we're you know how we're making them more cons- ever more consumable. And I think that this training is the pinnacle of that for us. Uh, we also have our Shopify applications going hard. Uh, and starting on the 17th, which is tomorrow, there will be a weekly Facebook live smart marketer show where I'm I'm on from my uh, office here in in, in New York. And I'll be going out live to Facebook 3 p.m. Eastern every Thursday. So you can expect me on my fan page there. I mean, look, I think you're an e-commerce guy. Um, front. You're actually a paid traffic video engagement email master disguised as an e-commerce guy. Totally, dude. I'm a direct response marketer who uh, applies that 
you know, um, advertising and automation to e-commerce businesses. But, uh, but people, you know, the buzzword is e-commerce. People like to hear about e-commerce. So that's kind of what I frame it as. And that's, you know, what my main businesses are. But at the end of the day, it's the same stuff that we've been doing, you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I think it's good to have that course out there for, for I mean, you, well, you had phenomenal growth just in the last year, didn't you? Revenue wise. Yeah. Yeah. We, we went, we grew six X or something like that. Uh, it's, it's or five X. Uh, which is cool. So if you like this stuff, we want to know what you think. You can leave us a comment on iTunes. You can leave us a comment on our blog. You can shoot an email in about you know topics or subjects that you'd like covered or anything that you want us to know. Yeah, just reply to the email we send out uh, when there's a new episode that comes straight to us. You know, this like we're doing this because we, you know, for you, for the listener, this is all dedicated towards the listener. So we really want to know what you think. Now we've got some quotes. Are you keeping your quote, James? I am. I, I can't argue with the Buddha. You know, three things cannot be long hidden: the sun, the moon, and the truth. You just can't hide from it, man. It's gonna rear its head at some point. My quote is: "Whoever is careless with the truth in small matters cannot be trusted with important matters." Albert Einstein. And I think it's like, look, if you can't be straight about the little things that are going on in your life, nobody is ever gonna trust you with anything important. So. Better to be you know, truthful and straight about what's going on because then you have opportunity uh, for growth from there. This has been episode 68 of Think, Act, Get Truth, that which is true or in accordance with fact or reality. What is it? How are you using it? And how is it affecting your business and your life? That's what we've been looking at in this episode of Think, Act, Get. See you, buddy. Thanks, James. Talk to you soon. This has been another episode of Think, Act, Get with James Schramko and Ezra Firestone. For more tips and tutorials on how to grow your business faster, visit thinkactget.com and join the newsletter. It's free. 